Welcome to the Guru's Books, Beards, and Self-Improvement Podcast, co-hosted by Brian and Andy. And the quote of the day is, I'll do the self-care thing as soon as I finish this. By Emily and Amelia Nagoski, Introduction in Burnout. What do you think about that? I'll do the self-care thing. Right. As soon as I finish this, what do I think about that? Yeah. I think that uh, been there, done that. <laughs> you, you know? It sounds like the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, you know, I, I've really taken it more serious since I hit my 40s, but I used to go to a group called Omega Vector when I was a kid. Um, it was a self-help group that, uh, and it was something that you went to as a seminar you would get the warm fuzzy feelings and you learn quite a bit of information about self-improvement and then most of the time the you would leave with a really happy feeling about oh i did all this self-improvement stuff this weekend it was so amazing and then a couple weeks later you would just fall off all those warm fuzzy feelings would leave and I think it has something to do with directly this, that self-care is a day-to-day -day action. It's so hard to do all the time, but it's something that's so important. And we kind of talked about that um, just briefly here, Brian. Uh, we talked about the fact that some of our habits that we do normally have fallen by the wayside. And I'll tell you that when that happens you then have a whole lot of things that fall through the wayside. <laughs> it's so true. Like you get into a good routine and anything messes that up and you, you kind of, it's like a dominoes. One thing gets knocked yeah. over and whoosh, the wave of dominoes gets knocked over in your life. And it's so interesting right now. It doesn't have to be that way. Like you can, if you recognize it, you can maybe put your hand in between the domino that's about to fall and one that's, you know, like you protect the rest of the dominoes and stop the cycle where it's at. And, and right. you know, that's what's really interesting about this book is that that's like the first thing that it talks about, right? Is like, how do you, how do you complete this whole cycle and, and stop your stress from continuing to make your life worse than it has to be? You know, so interesting. And this, I'll do the self-care thing as soon as I finish this. That's basically, right, like the the authors are saying we postpone our self-care we you know it's it's a luxury we treat it as if it's a luxury rather than a need and so then we go and and we continue to do all these things and in particular the book talks about you know women being like um like having this human giver syndrome where they give 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 and they have so much that they're giving and they don't reserve anything for themselves and then that's burnout you know, self-care right self-care is awesome i'll do that but i have to do this stuff first or society expects me to do this or my partner expects me to do this and i have to have to have to so true so absolutely true and it it's amazing to me how we 
don't realize it at the time that if you just take a couple of those self-care things away because of, oh, I want to sleep in, um, how it does snowball on you so quickly. Um, anxiety will sneak up on you again. You know, you, maybe you have a good, you know, kind of a good handle on anxiety. And then all of a sudden you stop doing some of the things that you do to have for good coping skills for your anxiety. And then the snowball effect happens and everything piles up. And now you no longer are in that space anymore. And then everything is, you know, you're anxious again and you're in that high anxiety place. And now you got to go redo everything that uh, you were doing to get to a very non anxious place. It's interesting. And, I can tell you that like I do daily meditation and if I miss my meditations for a certain amount of time, I can feel the difference. I'm more anxious. I I get more uh, caught up and then it makes you know, a huge then, difference, especially day to day. It does it because I think it centers you and the self care is that's what that's doing is it's centering you and self care can come in many forms. So it's not just like, Hey, I need to meditate today or I have to do this, but self care is, uh, for men, it can be grooming your beard, you know, making sure that you look and feel good, you know, putting on those nice clothes that you just bought, you know, ironing. <laughs> Sometimes it's iron. Yeah. It could be. It's, it's so just, my my wife really enjoys cleaning as her way to like unwind. It is so interesting to me because I'm like, that's work. Those are chores. That's you know, and you I don't know about my house, please. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> but that but at the same time, right, like she's working a lot. And so she doesn't uh you know, and, and I and I I'm also helping with the cleaning and, and whatnot, trying to be a, an equal household participant and, and, you know, partner. Truth be told, you know, especially like after reading this book and, and or reading into the book, haven't finished it yet, right? Man, I am guilty as charged when it comes to some of the expectations um, that I put even on my own wife without realizing it, you know, adding stress to her. It's interesting. It's extremely interesting. And, and granted, I, you know, we'll have to have a female on probably one of the next episodes just to kind of uh, talk through it with them. But for two guys to read a book like this, I think my experience is, is it's eye-opening yet again. I remember the first time I read uh, Gillian who is a feminist uh, philo feminist philosopher. And it was kind of like, I guess you could say it was a one of the first feminist books out there talking about the philosophy behind it and empowering women. And it is, and we kind of talked about it. It's uh, male privilege. Mm -hmm. Male privilege. And For those of you it, that don't like the word privilege, hang with us. Yes. <laughs> Hang with us. Yeah. And it could, could be a hot word. Be whatever. It, it could be male assumptions about the way that the world works. I think you could yeah. say that that's what the privilege really is. It's, it's the, un, the ignorance that men have as to how the world works around them. 
Mm-hmm. And we go very blindly. And, th- and when you read these, a book like this, and I've read recently, I've read about two other books like that because I'm part of another book club. And it is eye opening for things that I take as not a thing for me. Like empowerment, I, I don't even think about that kind of that I have to empower myself like that because I'm already in that space. I don't have to, I, I, I was telling my mother-in-law, I walk to the parking lot and I don't look for suspicious people. I don't have to look for it. I don't, no. when I go to work, I don't wonder whether somebody's going to get a better job or I'm getting less pay because of me being male. I just don't, I don't think about it. I'm just like, Hey, here's my pay. Well, you so haven't is, lived in a, in, you don't have a lived experience that tells right. you you have to do those things, you know? And that's the privilege part or ignorance of the way that it really is for. You don't know certain, what you don't know. Right. And it's, these books are reminders of that. And there is some definitely similar human experience pieces in this as well, like care, giving versus being. Um, a lot of people get into that mindset where, Women historically have been the caregivers of the world and in our culture specifically, I think that we have that assumption. It's getting, I think that there has been some changes. I'm not saying that there hasn't been, but historically I remember growing up and my mom made the dinner. My dad came home after a long day of work and you know, it was ex- even even if she had a day of job where she worked and she did many times have a job, she was still expected to come home and cook a meal. And it was just a, it was again, a, ma- a male, a male thought <laughs> that that's just what yeah. happens, that that's you just flip- magically <laughs> what happens to it. Right. You flip it around, right? Like. You know, I get home from working. I don't want to do that. But if, you know, my wife's been working, she doesn't want to do that either. You know? So why why should she have to and not me? <laughs> well, right. And I think that there is a sense of under more of an understanding. Not that we're even close to bridging the gap completely. But I do think that there is an increase in emotional IQ by more, I think, modern males. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, there, with we men are learning. We're we're right. learning, but are we? But we're learning because it's finally being pointed out, and people, you know, women are like, "Hey, this isn't okay," which is awesome. And that's you know, I mean, you you can't fix a thing until you know it's a thing that needs to be fixed. Well, it was like the Me Too movement. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was definitely sparked currently. And she even brings it up in the book that, and we will not, I I try to stay out of politics, but the statement was there was a male politician, politicians, that uh, said it was just, it was uh, in a, a, just locker room banter that they would just be able to grab women however they want. And there was definitely a derogatory term used in there. I have and no I'm sure idea that most listeners who I'm or sure what that you're m- talking about. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <If> you <laughs> you're good. You're good. Continue. <laughs> I think I think if people are listening this far in, they're going to be open minded enough to to, <laughs> to realize <listen>. that. <laughs> yeah. To that. But the the quote was from something that happened during the first. Uh, what was it? The presidential the president when he was running for president last time Trump was running for president. Yes. And as much as I try to state, it, it was still a statement that was the me too. I think it was like the moment that I think a lot of us were like appalled. And some of that also was about wealth in general, thinking that wealthy males had the privilege to just do whatever they wanted with women but it was interesting. Her notes in the book are that males that rape women still have this privileged thought that they should be able to get away with it because the woman didn't give them what they wanted. It's like that was somehow the woman's fault that, that, right. that he raped her. Right. And then in their head, that's what it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is so, what? That is so off. It's her fault so I raped off. her. What? Right. And it's <laughs> it's it's a horrible thought. It's a horrible thought. And as a parent um of two two daughters that I raised, which is definitely a, a difference in the way that my life has turned out. I raised two daughters as a single dad for most of it, or for a lot of it. And that was always a very interesting experience because I had to be that female voice at times and I didn't know how to be it. <laughs> I did the best I could, but I also had a lot of support from grandmas and, and stepmoms and stuff like that. But um, yeah, very interesting, very interesting to see for me to see that that's, and I remember back in the day many guys thought that that was locker room talk like that um talking about women and their looks as just a normal thing to be talking about you know what's what's really come to light right like in and i'm going to go the therapy route because i am a therapist Sorry. As, as well you should. <laughs> as well you can. <laughs> um, so much of what we say and what we think, like it really does lead to action. It really does. Mm -hmm. You know, um, cognitive behavioral therapy is based around that. That thoughts lead to emotions and emotions lead to actions. And thoughts, you know, I mean, what we say are simply thoughts that are spoken. Right. You, you know, it's thoughts put into words. And if therefore thoughts lead to emotions, which lead to the actions, right? Um, whatever emotion is built during that speech. And if we're talking about, you know, talking poorly about women in any regard, how you want to treat women, um, what you think about women, you know, if you're just purely, talking about women and their looks, you know, you're not looking at the emotional side of who they are as a person. It could, can lead to actions right in line with that, right? Treating them as objects. Um, doing things to women without their consent. Pressuring them 
until you get consent, but that's still not consent because you pressured them and there's a power differential, you know, um, anyways, well, feeling like, the, but make, but feeling like you are empowered to do that to somebody feeling like it's okay that, to do that, that it's okay to pressure somebody until like, how, like if somebody was to do that to, in my opinion, if somebody was to do that to me, I would be, I would stop them right there. You know, they'd be like, no way. I'm, I'm not interested. Thank you. I told you the first time that'd be it. And so many times we don't think about these things. I think that there definitely is a different movement going on. Um, and we're definitely part of I, I, my opinion by reading a, reading a book like this, reading several books I have um, and being a, a dad of two daughters, these raised till they're 23 and 20. I have a different perspective on the way that things are. It's interesting. I know more about things and I'm very open to talk about it. Like my daughters talk to me about their female issues and I actually have to point them out occasionally going, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's moments where I'm, I'm like, I have not had that experience. I don't know. I could look it up, but go talk to your, you know, go talk to your uh, stepmom or to your uh, grandma. My, her grandma's a doctor, so it's kind of yeah. easy to talk about. But, but it's how been, cool. but it's. I was going to say, how cool that they feel comfortable coming to you about that stuff, though. It is, it is, and uh, you know, I had that dis discussion um, with my daughter today. Actually, she came to me about a, a a personal female issue, and I was just like, I said, I came with all the knowledge that I had because uh, you know, I was like, okay, here's what I know. So, um, call this person and call this person and some one of them was grandma or or stepmom the other person was a doctor because i said if this changes you need to call a doctor and if you're really concerned call the doctor but knowing that it's all very emotional based that's the pieces that males i think default to in my opinion logical very logical based decision making at times Mm -hmm. And yeah. emotions sometimes are in there. But what I notice is that because of our lack of emotional IQ, we lack that foresight into making decisions out of gut decisions and making, you know, emotional based good decisions because of that lack of emotional. We, but the emotion still is there for us. And that's where sometimes the assaults and things happen because we don't know how to deal with our emotions correctly. Yeah. Um, anger comes up for us because we don't, we have a feeling, but we don't know what to do with it. Where females are very aware and able tend to, to be. Right. And then the other thing that's interesting, yeah, tend to be correct. And then there's also a, a general female network that females have the ability to talk to other females about female issues and emotional issues because they know that the men in their lives usually lack that understanding. But men yeah. don't have that as, as much. A few groups I'm part of now do, but it is definitely a thing that I had to seek out. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, being told to man up or boys don't cry and stuff like that. Well, that's right. so unhealthy. 
that stuff is that that stuff is uh, very problematic, and one of the reasons why there continues to be uh, these these issues in, in the world, you know, where, where men are not um, well, they're taking advantage of their privilege. Correct, and and I don't think that this book is all. This definitely, I mean, this is from our perspective, of course, because this was like a sh another shock to the system again of males of a male understanding that there was a that there is a discrepancy. Yeah. So the first thing that you note from your first knee jerk reaction is is there's a huge discrepancy in the way that I think about things and the way that females think about things, and that they have to worry about things that I don't have that I don't worry about every day, and it is over to me when you think about it, it's overwhelming that every day you have to think about uh a woman has to dress professionally but not to has to dress they have to dress a certain way so that they can look nice feel good about themselves but not too sexy because then they could be taken advantage of things like right. that that we don't even think about i don't when i put on my polo and you know jeans for the day or whatever i'm wearing i don't have to think about that i don't have to th i'm not even this is the last thing i'm barely able to match my clothes <laughs> <laughs> like i think uh, i have to uh, like i have to get gur animals <laughs> and what are the repercussions for you if you don't uh take that much time to get ready and look your best right? nobody says well, anything Nobody yeah. says anything. They'll just be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't come. Maybe you should iron your shirt. Ha, 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 ha. Maybe. That's the extent. Right? That's yeah. the extent of it. Where if a female gets, oh, look how she's looked today. She's looking kind of like she didn't take care of herself. Yeah. Frumpy, right? Frumpy. That or whatever negative term someone would use. So. Right. You know, this book, I know, so listeners, we, we maybe got off on a little tangent. This book is about yes. so much more than just just that. It's just our, right? our first initial reaction to it is this, because as a male, that's the first reaction when you start getting hit by all of these yeah. female-driven things. The first thing you think about is that. But then, just like what you're saying, mm -hmm. there also is a very, we are all humans. And this is also detailing human experience about the caring and the beer or the giver and the beer. Yeah. You know? well, what's so, what's so great about like, so yes, this book was written for women by women and it's talking about how, how there are these differences in the, the, um, you know, between the, the woman's experience, lived experience versus the, a man's lived experience in today's society, right? So there are these differences. And yes, it talks about that. But then it talks about like, how do you manage the stress caused by these things, right? How do you figure out to like, like stop burnout? or prevent burnout, right? Which is the name of the book, right? And it's the secret to unlocking the stress cycle. And and that's that's what's so cool. Like all, everyone, no matter what, uh, you know, country you're in, who you are, um, male, female, trans, like however you identify, 
you have stress. It doesn't matter who or you know what. It doesn't matter. We all we all have stress. And so figuring out how to unlock this the stress cycle, or at least um, you know, the very first chapter is like completing the stress cycle. Like how do you complete mm-hmm. the stress cycle? First step. How powerful is that? You know, like I connected with that. Right. You know, so we're talking about how men are disconnected at times with the woman's experience in the world and that we take advantage of a lot of things because of that, not because we are bad, but because we don't know. And so I I loved that it kind of connected all those dots. I think so. And that's the, the pieces that were the, this is an empowering book to me and specifically empowering women but also empowering males to understand women additionally realize that there is a human element to stress that is always there for everyone. And it doesn't matter, you know, male, just like what you're saying, male, female, trans, there's still a stress element that an anxiety that we have that's fight or flight that's given to us from, if you believe in evolution from a very long past where fight or flight was necessary to help keep, keep you alive. And that anxiety is now created in us because of moments where we think that things are more significant than others, or it's, you know, it's scary. This is, this is going to bite me. And so in our head, we overthink things because we're, we're actually predispositioned to do this. And it comes from that fight or flight place because a snake, and I'll use the snake analogy again. I think I've used a stick or a snake. So a stick can be just a stick or it could be a snake. So they look similar if you are just walking by and you see a stick and you're like, oh, what is that? Is that snake? That reaction is especially important Because what if it was a snake? So 99.99% of the time, if not more, you will walk by a stick and it won't bite you. (laughs) It's a stick. (laughs) But we are predispositioned to look for the 0.00001% chance because if it is a snake, it will bite you and could kill you. And that's why we have these overthinking peace minds. We have never some of that piece, some of those pieces in our mind and our basic evolution of the mind that's been created is that we create this anxiety by overthinking because we think things like sticks are snakes. When in actuality, but our mind is predispositioned. So being able to respond to a stick instead of react to a stick is important. And so we're going to take that to a next level outside of you know basic things like that we have to think about the stressors and yeah. finding coping mechanisms to deal with stressors so that we don't always think something's going to kill us that little thing that we have imagined and overthought because we're predispositioned to do it to see things at a worse place than a best place that negative bias is always with us because it could be the thing that really does take us down 
Yeah. Well, it, it, it really is about survival, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Continue, continue. I cut you off. No, no, no. But that's exactly it. It is survival. However, it's not always reality. We have built this mind that has this negative bias so that we can survive. But we've also created a mind that can see that these things are not snakes. And when we start being able to learn to respond to things, and that's where this book really does come into those pieces where it's trying to, she first, the first part of the book is about getting you out of the immediate danger of snake, getting out of that mind and realizing that, you know, what's the immediate danger. Uh, She brings up specific things about leaving bad relationships, you know, being able to move on, knowing when to move on because that's where a lot of people are stuck. Like, where are you stuck in this mindset that is giving you anxiety? So first you have to get unstuck and that's by coping mechanisms, uh, seeing things as they are, having reality checks for yourself, building logical, you know, think lists of benefit analysis type of, you know, benefit versus a negative. Type well, of realizing list. what you can and cannot control, right? right. Like that, that because um, I know that in some instances with with clients that I work with, right? Some have like said, "This is a stressor in my life that I have to deal with. It's not going away." When maybe it is something that you can actually eliminate, right? Right. I mean, we just read the book Essentialism. Um, where it talks about saying no, it talks about getting rid of things. And, and you know, now again, I, I, I realize that I'm coming at this from a, a man's perspective, right? So what I feel like I can say no to is probably very different from what a, a woman maybe feels like she can say no to, right? The consequences right. for me saying no may not be as, um, I mean, it may not be as, as dire or have, negative impacts as much as like if a woman were to try to eliminate some of those stressors. Right. But realizing what you can and cannot control or what the trade-offs are and then making that call, you know, is extremely important. And I think goes right in line with what we're talking about, what the book is, is talking about. Right. I think so. I think so. It's just very interesting. And, and what do you think about the, when do you move on? And that, I think that she puts a lot of effort into the historical way that women have looked at things and just sticking and being stuck into a mindset that says stick. This is for, you know, um, this is your family is everything stick in bad marriages because you have the children there and you're the caregiver and your man needs you so on and so on and so on where the caregiver role can is not all you are and i know so many women that if you talk to them they'll say i'm not just a mom and this is even this is even good for males to know that somewhere you have to that they're not just a mom that somewhere they are this fem- this this woman who is themselves this being that is beyond, you know, a, a job role 
a caregiver and even you can go to males too. I'm yeah. beyond just being a dad. I'm not just a dad. I'm not just a YouTuber. <laughs> I'm not just a <laughs> podcaster. I am something unique and being able to put yourself in a state to be unique and think of yourself as unique and important and self and something that self-care needs or you need self-care. And you need self-care now. Right. All the time. All the time. I think it's a, it's a Going lifelong. Going back to that quote, right? Going back yeah, to that quote. Exactly. Like, it's not after this. It's before this. Self-care yeah. comes before anything else. And and women, I, I recognize, feel like they cannot do that, right? There's all these other expectations and things that they feel like they have to do. And the consequences for not doing those things might be dire, right? Or might be scary, might not be well think about how many women talk about women to mm -hmm. about other women that don't do oh she look she left her family you know she did this she did i mean think about that that's women think about what other women think about you know what do they think about me well she's going to think not good of me if i do this so how is that going to make me look mm -hmm. where i don't think males have that consideration as much Perhaps not, yeah. And so it makes them kind of stuck for, and that's why when you know that a woman's done, I, I remember a counselor once told me this, that if a woman is done, they are done. <laughs> There's no, they're done. They're not coming the, back. They're the done. Tanks, unless unless the they're trying to, yeah, it, when they are officially done, they are done. There's no amount of like he, what it was, was we went, there was a counseling session where I said, Hey, why don't we go to counseling? And they were like, no, I was like, why not? We're supposed to go to counseling to help fix this. And they were like, no. And it's because she was done. It was hard to realize that, and for a male, that was when the moment where the male emotion like hits up, like, oh my gosh, I lost. But how, why did you lose? It's because you forgot that she wasn't just the caregiver. So there is an awareness that as males who are listening to this, that you need to be aware that women are not just a caregiver, not just an object, not just somebody's making you dinner. Somebody, they are a being who have definitive being needs. And you have to constantly remember that and make them feel that way. Because that's where divorce rates increase because you stop seeing them as somebody other than their your mom your wife yeah you you basically stick them in a role and they feel stuck they do and right. then they so and how then do you get unstuck yeah well and eventually stuck. they will get unstuck and and this book talks about the fact that you know when do you leave but then additionally it talks about the journey what is making your life giving yourself the why again what is the why what is the meaning and making it meaningful every day as part of your journey. Like the meaning is not the destination. The meaning is something that you define along the way that keeps you going.
And that's something that's universal. I mean, that is a male thing too. I mean, I was looking for my why with yeah. my YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think the big, the big take home message for me thus far, right. Is that I just need to be practicing some more empathy. Correct. Correct. I, we may never I know. didn't, well, you know, it's like, you think, you know, well, yeah, of course, you know, there's all these expectations and, you know, like there is a lot of stress and, 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 you know, burnout, but like reading it from a woman's perspective, like they gave in this book, right? Like, it's like, man, if I was in those shoes, I wouldn't put up with nearly half of it, you know, if any of it, <laughs> if any of it. Right. If a woman if yeah. a woman just kept coming to me every five minutes and saying, I want sex, I want dinner, I'd be like, Go you have two feet, go make your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not, not yeah. everyone is in a situation where they can do that, right? Like Right. My goodness. And so I think that for me that is that is um a really awesome thing, uh take home message for me about burnout. Yes. Some some good some good lessons learned too though as a male of how to unlock stress in my life, right? Like how to get um the stress taken care of in a healthy way. You know, I my experience is is my experience alone, but I I some of the things that we're talking about in the book, absolutely I was like, hey, I connect with that. You know, which like specific that's, ones that's do you, which, which, which ones do you like specific, which ones do you like? Well, so, you know, you go back to, um, you know, I'm focusing on the very beginning of the book with this. Um, it's talking about a, a, a lot of, uh, really cool ideas to, to end the stress cycle or complete it. Right. Right. And, and right. The, the book said that, um, at the beginning of that, they said like, this is probably the most important part of this book anyways which is cool that they have it at the front because maybe yes. you don't finish it. <laughs> what is that? Uh, you know, um, hopefully you do. Yeah. Well, so they talked about, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go to the physical affection side of it. Not the, not, nothing to do with the sexual stuff, right? But the, the need to connect, um, a way to end the or to complete the stress cycle. The best way to do that is through physical um, activation, right? Something. Um, hugs, 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 touching. You know, just yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, the the hiking or you know going on a run or something like that is really useful. Um, but there are simpler ways to do it. And and for me as a as a married man, I'm looking at the hug, the twenty second hug or the six second kiss, you know, you embrace and, you know, if you're thinking about the para, um, shoot, I'm a therapist. I should say this right. Parasympathetic, you know, activation response of the nervous system and everything going on when there's stress, like the touch of the hug or the kiss, like it calms all of that down. It does, from a scientific on. perspective, yes. And emotionally, yes. your emotions. And so from an emotional perspective, the science works this way. Yeah. That that hug stimulates a sense of connectiveness, 
a sense of of uh, connection to where you feel like you are in a safe space. I know that that's when I get a good hug. That's that's what really it recognizes that loved. You know, you are in a space of love, mm -hmm. in a space of safe safety. Uh, I think that so there's tribal... so much right coming around you and surrounding you even though whatever is going on, having people surround you and, and making you feel special and you're okay and safe is such an important thing. I want to read from the book why a 20-second hug works scientifically. Oh, perfect, right? perfect. Yes. So this is, this is so great. The research suggests a 20-second hug can change your hormones, lower your blood pressure and heart rate, and improve mood, all of which are reflected in the post-hug increase in the social bonding hormone oxytocin. All right, so you're you're increasing your bond. You're going to have improved mood, have a change in the hormones, lower blood pressure. Your heart rate will slow down. Like, how crazy that a 20-second hug can do that. I think it's absolutely amazing. And again, something that men seem to have a problem with connecting in that way, other than with their significant other. Well, even uh, with their significant other, how many men really take the time to give a good kiss without it leading to sex? Right. Do you know that's so interesting that you say that? And maybe it's as we get older as males that we start realizing the significance of kissing and just kissing and just letting it be there or just cuddling and not wanting anything else from that. I think that as I got older, I started recognizing that how important that connection with somebody is. And how important it is to just be connected in that a very loving space and how much males need that in their life because it really is a de-stressor. It also, it, it does the end, the, you know, it gives you that love feeling, which is the, you know, the oxytocin, mm -hmm. that feeling that helps you relieve your ailments. You know, it makes you feel good, makes you feel surrounded. It gives you that happy feeling because oxytocin is giving you that, that happy feeling. Yeah. And we need that. And it's a and, natural and, high. It's a natural high. I think it's a part of being, you know, you, increasing the emotional IQ. Mm -hmm. You know, men, I think, have very low IQs because they don't participate in activities that allow them to feel. Right. Because and it's, it's interesting because I think about that a lot. I have a tendency to want to fix my partner than to participate in the, because fixing means I have logically dealt with them with the issue and they're happy and it makes me happy to know that they're happy. Right. But when you're participating with them in an issue, you're not so much fixing, you're just there being with them in this moment and letting them vent, letting them talk, whatever they're needing. I mean, if they need advice, they need advice. But 
Um, but letting them come to you with, Hey, I need to talk about this and I need to, I, you know, I don't know what to do and letting them talk through it with you. And maybe you giving some thoughts, but not fixing it, which is what I have a tendency to do. And most males do, but when you participate in it, you realize that those are the things that really do help you that those are the things that make you more bonded. Well said. Well said. You know, I think um, to uh, to kind of put a nice bow on top of this, right, put a cherry on top, um, we as men, you male listeners out there, you have stress and you need to handle it in healthy ways. And this book gives you some very good ways to handle that. If you have women in your life, mothers, sisters, daughters, spouses, um, friends, um, use what you're learning in this book to your uh, advantage by, by recognizing that they have some things going on that you don't. Can you be empathetic to that? Can you change your approach with them to decrease the stressors so that they don't have to manage those stressors or that stress? You can be part of the solution here, right? And then women, um, listeners that are, are, are female, identify as female. You know, I, I hope that you're learning from this and that maybe you're finding ways to not... Um, buy into some of these roles that society has pushed, that you are finding ways to effectively deal with those things that really you don't have to deal with, right? You can, you can maybe listen to these ideas un, you know, undo some of these stressors, get rid of some of these stressors and the ones that you can't, you figured out a way to, you have some ways to handle them more healthily. You know, we'll get more into this book um, in in another episode. Absolutely, absolutely. This was this was a great chat. Honestly, I think that this is raw, and a lot of things that you know, and hopefully, women don't take offense to it because, you know, I, I think we both are males. Thank goodness that you're a counselor and can you know, you've seen a lot of this over the years and being able to deal with it from a therapist point of view is awesome. I appreciate that. I know that I have throughout my life struggled with that, that understanding. And I'm glad that uh, we have a lot more insight available to us. And I so appreciate that. You know, it, it's yeah. helpful to your relationships. It's so helpful. Um, it's interesting because you can have that conversation Finally, maybe conversations can start being had with your mom, with your sister, with your wife, with your daughters about your understanding of this and then being able to take it forward as males to help develop better relationships with them. You know, it's interesting. My son, oh, <laughs> my son does currently is 12 and does not want to listen to my wife. Because 
she oh, he is boy. he's 12 and thinks that he doesn't have to do chores anymore and mom's always asking me to do stuff and i don't think he realizes that by him doing stuff and why she gets mostly upset is because she feels like he is not wanting to be there for her you know hey i i you know i've done all this stuff for you <laughs> And why don't you want to do stuff for me? You know, and feeling and, underappreciated. Underappreciate. Yes, I think that's the thing that my son is not realizing that. Being he's twelve, so. But I constantly. These are the stages where, as a male, I have to direct him, and that's exactly what I do. Is I say, no, this is why you need to go help your mom, and it's from an emotional point of view your mom does not feel like you're caring about what she has to say. And she has important things to say and for you, important things to feel. And you have important relationships with, and it's, it's very important as males to be able to create that relationship with their, your kids and their mom, realizing that that's what is really there. That anger about him not doing the chores is more about the fact that she doesn't uh, feel appreciated. Yeah. Wow. And I, and you know, I think that's probably a lot of what is behind burnout. Mm -hmm. It does. It burns you out. I, and this is, you know, we're six kids in, this is the sixth, you know, and that's why you always say you can let your six one juggle knives as long as they're not running, <laughs> they're going to get hit by a car <laughs> as long as they're not bleeding too bad. <laughs> we're okay no. because it, it's not because it, some of it's because you already just know that you know there's things that you worried about when you were younger that you won't worry about with your last kid but you do get burnt out if you let it and with him i'm also doing things better so these are the th discussions that we can have as males is to do it better is by learning from our previous habits and thoughts and being able to help especially with the mom or whoever's helping the female perspective of raising the kid is helping nurture that understanding that emotional IQ, especially with Caden, you know, with my son, it's so important for him to understand and have emotional IQ. I still give the kids hug him hugs every day just to let him know that hugs are important. They connect you and it's loving and I love you. You know, and there's never a day where he doesn't know that he's not loved by both of us. And we show it and demonstrate it. Now, right now, he's trying to do that push away. Like, my friends are more important. My games are more important. But I make sure that there's a stop. And we have, like, today doing chores was, like, about, I, don't, I made a big point of saying, this is about us helping the family. This isn't about doing the tasks that are involved in this. This is about helping our overall health, mental health, self-care by cleaning. Simple things like cleaning, mopping, whatever it is, you know, even if it's yeah. gardening. Absolutely. Just loving people. And that's, if you want to take anything about this, I think that the basics is start loving people more. Coming from a more of a place of love and you won't go wrong. And, you won't. And, and yeah. you know, Listeners, no, like especially so, women out there listening to this, if uh, if Andy or I have said something that is really dumb, 
or uh, undermining or not sympathetic or empathetic. Um, know that uh, we are doing the best we can with what we got, what we know, and we'd love for you to point out how we can improve, right? And uh, thank you for your patience with us. Yeah. And, you know, and we're trying to learn. And that's the thing about these books is this is an attempt for us to connect onto that side and to understand yeah. that side because we do care. We do really care. And um, I think there's a lot of men that really do. So, yeah. yeah, it's a good space. So let's move on. Yeah. So we are... Um... We're going to do something new. Smart goals will now be on another episode all by themselves. We will have an episode about the book followed. At least this is what we're thinking. It might be this way. It might not. But um, our next episode will be um, smart goals and then followed by some more about the book. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to, to this episode so far. Yeah, awesome. And thank we'll you, guys. And we'll check you yep. next time. Yep. And we'll have another section of the book where we'll discuss it more. And maybe we'll have a guest. I'm preferring to try to find a female to get their perspective on this book too. So I'm trying to get somebody to help read this book and then get them to come in. And even if they don't, maybe we'll just have a female perspective on the topics that we bring up. Yeah. That'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll have somebody. So, so uh, beard on. Stay bearded. I don't know if I'm staying bearded. I think I chopped quite a bit of mine off, so I'm really not in the stay bearded place. <laughs> <laughs> you still have a beard. I, mean, I still have a beard. I still got a beard. Even if yeah. I don't have a beard, you're not any less of a man if you don't have a beard. But of course not. since this is a beards and self-improvement in books, yeah. books and self-improvement, uh, I, uh, yes, beard on. <laughs> stay bearded. <laughs>